were all over the place. Ugh, I didn't take it. Thank God I didn't take it in retrospect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Diabetic Loving. My name is Sophia Basir. I have been type 1 diabetic since the age of seven. I've started this podcast to show all who are touched by diabetes that you can have and live a healthy, full, and limitless life. I have a new, I'll have a new episode every week on doing my best to do each Thursday. And today we are lucky to have Yurachmiel Altman on. Yurachmiel was also a literal, um, excuse me, Yurachmiel is the senior software engineer and consultant he, with Medtronic. Yurachmiel was also a literal beta tester for the insulin pump, which we had on our last episode, and the designer and also beta tester for CGMs, the things that we put right here. I have my continuous glucose monitor on right now, as well as my pump. We'll be speaking with Yurachmiel today about CGMs and asking you all, if you are using your alcohol swabs properly. So <laughs> thank you for being here again. The last episode was amazing and I'm so grateful to have you on. How are you doing today? Okay. Thank God. Good. I, I to make a, a quick, um, I don't want to say correction. When, when the way pumps and sensors and all this stuff is developed, it's broken down into three pieces. The most important piece from the company point of view, in parentheses, mm -hmm. is marketing, an idea, you know, concept. It's then broken into hardware and software. Mm -hmm. Very few guys do both sides of the coin. Okay. So I really was doing software for Medtronic, for, for Minimed actually at that time. Minimed came up with the idea, developed it. Medtronic bought them while I was working for them. Okay. So I worked on the software, the download software for both their first CGM and their and their 507, 507C pumps, which talked to it. That was the first generation of of CGM. Yeah. Um beta tested it more in developing the, the software than as a as a quote unquote real lab beta tester. So it was kind of neat. Well let me stop you there. What year was this, Yurachmiel? <laughs> uh I off the top of my head, somewhere on the order of ninety five. Okay. I've been I Very you know cool. I could figure it out backwards. I've been on a pump for forty one years and on a CGM for twenty Maybe 25. Okay. Something like this. It had to be around 94, 90, 95, 96, somewhere in that range. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Um, interestingly, when I went to work for, for Minimed, they brought me in as a software expert. Um, and I first started with the pumps. And the CGMs were there, and I actually joined the company knowing they were working on the CGM, on the hardware side, because I wanted to get my hands on it, <laughs> and I wasn't willing to wait until it came 
you know, until insurance made it possible. Yeah. Because by that time, I already had no awareness of low blood sugar. I've been, I've been, I mean, somewhere in my early 20s, I lost it. I, wow. So yeah. you're, what, what I'm hearing, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is your sensitivity to the the red flags to, um, you know, low blood sugar, like the tingling of the fingers, the coldness, all of these things. Nothing. You were really experiencing that. So the CGM, you needed to be able to alert you and check out what's actually going on with your sugar, right? Right. Let's put it this way. I okay. have measured a blood sugar of 20. Mm-hmm. And yep. had no feeling. And you know when the CGM doesn't work right? Yeah. I once had a doctor's appointment where I got back home and got this emergency, like almost like super worried phone call from the lab where I did the blood work. Mm-hmm. And five minutes later from the doctor himself, <laughs> because your blood sugar is extremely low. Are you okay? It was 23. Right. Right. 23 in the lab. And I drove home. Having no idea because the CGM at the time read 93. Yeah. And I had the doctor write a note because I made a point of showing him every time I went for blood work, we wrote down the CGM value because I had that feeling. You And I think it, that we spoke about this before offline, just over the phone, that whenever somebody is like setting up their CGM, a diabetic is setting up their CGM or like maybe speaking to a parent that's helping their kid or somebody that they're helping with their CGM, always test your blood sugar as well as like, you know, using the CGM, always do that. So you can make sure and do your best to make sure that it's as in line as possible because technology is great, but technology fails, right? I mean, it's just, it's just what it is. Magic numbers, six, 12, 24. If it's good for all four, three of those, you're probably good for 10 days. Okay. If okay. it's not, calibrate and same thing, 6, 12, 24. Okay. 6, 12, 24. Okay. Meaning hours. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Six also, hours. Also, if, if you feel funny, I don't care what the CGM says, do a finger stick. Okay. Because it, it, the technology, well, we'll go over it with the technology, but the technology of CGM by definition, is behind. Yeah. And by definition, can get messed up by previous readings. Yeah. So we'll cover that because that's important. Okay, so tell me what, with regards to technology, because that's a great segue, how it was previously and how far we've come. What are the things that you liked before and you suggested to be adjusted and made better and now you can see that things have been adjusted okay so let's let's go back to the caves so to speak the caves okay okay (laughs) diabetic caves the the, the (laughs) diabetic caves (laughs) 60 plus years ago okay now i was fortunate i have a friend who actually made banting solution he made what we call today clinitest for really ancient people who know what that is. I have he no made idea. the urine testing solution at home because it ketone? wasn't sold yet. Ketone? He made No, not ketone, blood, uh, urine sugar. Oh. In the old days, we tested urine sugar. Oh, oh okay. Because okay. you didn't have blood testing. Okay. Right? I went on 
urine testing up until I was 17. So I was diagnosed in 61 and I got my first meter in 79. And that was like, wow. you had to plug it in. You had to time it on a real clock because it didn't have a clock built in. And when they said a drop of blood, it was a capital D. <laughs> Meaning it was a drop of blood. <laughs> yeah. And then you washed it off with a water bottle. Yeah. Different technology entirely. But you could read the strip by eye, theoretically, anyway. Different technology entirely. But that was the first of the home meters, was the yeah. H-glucometer. Um, but anyway, so before that, it was urine testing, which is basically tells you you're okay. There's no way it's going to tell you you're low. All it tells you is you're not spilling sugar. And when it's yeah. when you're spilling, you have no idea what that really means. Because don't forget, the urine is three to four hours old, minimally. And it's all mixed up. So, you know, you could be low. By the time you get the urine sugar, it's still high. So it, it really wasn't worth very much, to be honest. When I started with the glucose meter, so you'd be taking, both for MDI and pump, a test pre and, well, you take a test in the morning, before every meal two hours after every meal and before you went to bed and 3 a.m. at least four to five times a week. And that was typical protocol. That was the given. When CGM came out, it was never originally intended as a replacement for finger sticks. Oh, wow. Why CG do you say that? CGM was intended as a trend analysis tool. It would tell you you're going up or going down. It was really meant to see how you were doing in general, wow. right? Where were you hanging? Were you steady during the day? When you ate a meal, did the sugar go wild? Think about adjusting adjusting your basal rate. How do you do it without a CGM? We did it, but I'm saying, how do you do it? You're taking a blood test every two to three hours. And yeah. you have no idea what's going on in between those two points, right? Right, right. You could, and you know it, right? You've seen the roller coaster. So it went up, it went down, and it came back to where it was. Oh, yeah, perfect for those three hours. No, you weren't perfect. You were everywhere. Yeah. So wearing that CGM when I first got it was a frightening awakening. And if you read the papers, I, I, I don't recommend you do it, but if you look back at the papers that were written by medical teams when they first came out with the CGMs, and the CGMs originally, yeah, way before your time, they were used by doctors without a display for the patient. You wore it for three days, brought it back, and then they downloaded it and saw how you were doing. To see what was going on. Well, I mean... But that's progression, right? Like that. Right. It makes that's where we sense. started. That's it's. It makes sense. There's all of these, like the the tiny little thing that I have. The fact that it hooks up to my phone, <laughs> it wasn't available then. Not even no. close. No. Not even no. close. So that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect yeah. sense. No, yeah. I mean it made a lot of sense for doctors to have it. Yeah. Because yeah. at least it gave them an idea of how you're really doing. And then with the notes too, like if if the diet is the patient, right. uh, the diabetic um, person. Um, took notes of what they were eating, it would just align to what was going on in their body. And now right. they have this trend to say, okay, when you eat this, 
because I know I have a massive insulin resistance when I have lots of fats and lots of oils, right? That's what does it for me. And after I lowered that, amazing. So much more lined in line. So, well, this is the whole issue of fat and protein affecting how much insulin you need. Right. I remember when that paper came out and that was really due to CGM. Mm-hmm. Cause before then, right. When we were kids, free food, protein is free. That, it's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> even the food, like that's a whole other podcast. Right. <laughs> the food pyramid. Yep. Ah, the pyramid. Hey, hey wait a minute. We, we were in Egypt. We worked on those pyramids. Ah, okay. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, no. I feel like every time I'm I look teasing, at a, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, I no. When I look at a food pyramid, that's what I feel like. I'm looking at something from 3000 years ago. Right. Somebody needs to update it. No, they need yeah. to trash it. It's the wrong the wrong way to teach it. Yeah. That's I crazy. mean, I, I oh, come on. I remember the old day with exchanges. Boy, I shouldn't do this. And they give me this exchange table and the and the dietitian says and I I must have been about 15 or 16. And so you remember 15 or 16, I'm sure. I was a wild one. My right. diabetes okay. was not so, very in control, and I was a wild one. Okay, so they give you this food table, and they tell you, and I was already a scientist by then. You know, I'm I'm already like a budding two-be engineer. And I look at it, and I said, this is really stupid. And I filled out three times a day steak and eggs. Three times a day. Not that I ever wanted to eat that, but I just wanted to prove how stupid the, you know, I put a salad with it. <laughs> I put a piece of fruit with it. And the, ner- and the, the dietitian is like, you can't do that. I said, why? It is absolutely perfect. I'm having this the exact correct amount of each thing I'm supposed to have. What's wrong with it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What did they say? Oh, she says, well, you have to have a mix. I said, show me anywhere in this paperwork that said I can't eat the same thing three times a day. I said, it doesn't say it. If it doesn't say it, I don't have to do it. <laughs> you can't imagine what that did to the ADA. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh but my gosh. I, I was adamant. If it doesn't say it, then there's no reason I have to do it. If you don't write it and you don't tell me I have to have a mix of proteins and a mix of vegetables and a mix, then fine. I'm going to eat protein. I'm going to eat tomatoes at every meal. That's my vegetable. Okay. Well, and I'm gonna have. I, I don't remember what what I said as a fruit, but whatever it was, I'm gonna have fruit that fruit three times a day, and my and my midnight snack and whatever. Right. That's so what, what was have. your CGM reading while you were doing that? Didn't exist. <laughs> okay. Don't forget, okay. I was 16. Okay, there, you were 16. Okay. There okay. weren't even meters back. <laughs> oh wow. Meters came out a year later. Oh my goodness. And I never was doing that. No, no, don't don't think I was doing that. I was, okay. I was proposing that as a protest to the way the system was designed. Cause and I knew when did you decide to, um, to change it up a little bit? Well, no, I always was eating decently. I was never eating that way. It was just my reaction to the paperwork. You know, I, I had no idea why they sent me to this class because I was already doing better than they suggested. You know, yeah. dad, dad was a doctor as well as a biochemical engineer. Believe me, the food at home was perfect. 
It's like my current marriage, right? My wife's a nurse. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like I don't have to worry about the food. What? Um, but tell me again, like, so the like, let me take you back to that one question. The technology that you worked on with the okay, CGM. So right? let's go back to the original mm-hmm. CGM. Yep. So that first CGM lasted three days. Oh, wow. And the, and the little thing that went in, you had to be recharged by this little battery thing that you plugged it into, which took about an hour or so every, I think it was every other change. So like you wore it for three days, you put another one in for three days then you took the transmitter and put it on the recharger for an hour and then you go back. So you lost minimum three hours, you know, every other time and okay. two hours every time. Okay. And it, and it only lasted three days and the readings were not at all. I mean, they, it worked to let you know you were shooting down or shooting up, Yeah. but I would not have used that number in any, you know, it it basically told you to take a blood test is what it was good for, to be honest. So you would be, there's a couple things with that. You would be using the CGM and that would be part of your insurance. And then you would need your, your test strips too. And um, to get that from your insurance carrier. Yeah. So I now, wonder if that would cause complications. Right. And, and, and believe me, insurance was fun back then because no one had ever heard of it. Oh. I, all of this equipment, I was, I I can almost guarantee I was one of the first dozen people to get it insured. And so anybody who's using this stuff under insurance, you could thank, you know, I was one of the guys who fought with the insurance companies for coverage. Um, did you, was it really a fight though? Was it really? Uh, with the pump, amazingly, I had no issue. I, I look back on it and I think it was so new that, that they didn't know what to make of it and they just approved it. With the CGM, oh, I was working for a company. It was company insurance. So anything I wanted, they waived anything that the company said, that the insurance company said no. Okay. Company insurance is, is really interesting. Anybody who has company insurance that gets denied something, Go to your company, uh, Human Resources, because they're in touch with the insurance company. They're the guys who actually handle it. Yeah. And they can tell the insurance company to cover anything that they don't want to cover because it's oh, the company wow. paying for it, not the insurance company. Okay. Right. They're just acting like a like a safety for the company because they're not allowed to see your medical data. Yeah. Yeah. But if I go to Human Resources and say, listen, I need this equipment. I mean, at some point in there, well, when I was working on the pumps, I was getting a new pump every six or eight months as, as they came out. So there I wasn't paying for pumps at all. Yeah. But before that and after that, anytime I needed anything, the head of the company actually was a type one diabetic as well. Wow. So he, and, and when I worked for Minimed, I went to him and I said, listen, I have an opportunity to work as a consultant for the largest pump manufacturer in the country. I said, but I don't want to leave this job and it's a computer job. So you're talking, you know, NDA, non, you know, non, uh, 
non-sharing of data, agreement. Yeah. and mm -hmm. anything else you work on, they own, and dot, dot, dot. And he said, no, don't worry about it. But when they get ready to write a contract, your contract is going to be reviewed by my lawyers. <laughs> now imagine you're having the largest data data um, consulting firm in the country doing your contract with Minimed, which wasn't that big a company then. Yeah. So that kind of took them by surprise. But it probably helped me in the long run. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... When I started with them, it was just the pumps. And then the CGMs I worked on very soon after. And it was basically, I was doing, I kind of was in a strange place because I was doing both human interface, like how the pumps interact with people, features and stuff, which normally software engineers wouldn't do. But the, but the, but the group that did it kind of found out I was working there and grabbed me under the mm -hmm. table, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I I got to interact with a lot of pieces of the company, which is how I know many of the people working in the field today all came from Minimed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I had met them. You know, I worked with them, so it's kind of funny. You know, I look around and I see who's working where, and I'm like, I know that guy. I know that guy. That is so cool. It's yeah. like a big small world. It's like the literal like three degrees of separation because. Yeah, even I told you I was in Utah this like this past weekend, and right. I like knew some like I would be introduced to somebody, and I knew them through somebody. Right, um, you know them through somebody. Yeah. yeah. So this is like I can call pretty much almost any diabetes related company and know mm -hmm. somebody there, or know awesome. somebody who knows somebody there. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. neat. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it again. What a, okay, so let me phrase it. So what's it in changed? Way. Okay, so get no, to no, the no, no, let me ask it in a different way. What okay, so what have you seen in CGM technology when you first were working on it and right. then you were hopeful and had a hand in pushing um, it forward, pushing pushing something forward that you can see has come to fruition today? Okay, so originally it was three day and it wasn't that accurate, okay, and it talked to the 507, 507C was the first official pump it talked to, 508 and then the paradigms. So the first thing was getting the alarm set up correctly, right? I want to be able to alarm on a higher or low. Then, then it was getting that number so I could use it, right? So that got into the first pump that had it. That was pretty easy. Those were all straightforward. I think they were going to do that anyway. But the later stuff with trend analysis and stuff like that was kind of fun to work on. You know, what do we need? We have this data. How do we use it? Mm -hmm. That was kind of interesting, figuring out all of those type of things. Getting it extended from three to seven days was really the, the hardware engineers. Huge, huge. That was huge. But that, yeah. that wasn't me. I don't take any credit for that. That was the hardware guys. And believe me, I really thanked them. It went to seven days originally, and then eventually it came to 10. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell and you. Then, and, yeah. and then from there, I don't remember exactly when. What's the other, the other sensor company? Dexcom. Dexcom started about two or three years after the Minimed CGM came out, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. So they must have at least been playing with the technology. But it's the same technology underneath. The Eversense, the one that goes in the arm, yeah, that goes inside, same technology. 
Oh no, that's a different technology. That's a different technology. Eversense actually is using the something about the color of the blood changing with the sugar in it. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Isn't it darker when it's more sugar? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But who would ever think that we could actually utilize that? On paper, it's a much more accurate reading. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, there's also, isn't there a CGM right now um, overseas, like in Europe? Um, that's like, I don't know, is it two weeks or something like that? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That- this is. Actually, what's the other one in America? The other company. Uh, it's a round thing. I know what you're talking about. It escapes yeah. me right now. Let Outside of the Google States, it. it's two weeks. Let me Dr. Google it. Yeah. And the, the other thing is the CGM itself, the Dexcom, is really designed for two weeks. And it's a big fight with the kind of half with the FDA. And half with think about the cash. Yeah. I can't raise the price. I'm already selling it. So how do I make up the cash? Well, it's with the supplies, right? It's the suppliers. Right. right. But yeah, well, don't forget, it's. I would say a good portion of those things are going out as pharmacy items now. So how much money is Dexcom making from the sale? Right? Not too much because the pharmacies are making it. You know, it's... It's interesting distribution, how that works. That's a whole different discussion that I learned working there on the side, like watching from the sides and asking yeah. questions. But yeah, um, but I'll, I'll tell you another interesting thing. Before you do that, um, I found what it is. It's the Freestyle Libre. The Libre, right. The Libre. Yeah, the Libre. Libre is also the same technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... We came to a point where the Dexcom and the Minimed were pretty good, right? Good enough that if everything was calibrated right, you could use that number. Mm-hmm. So how come insurance didn't cover it? Remember, for a long time, Dexcom, uh, met the uh, all of them, they weren't covered by insurance, and then they slowly got covered by individual plans. Yeah. But but Medicare for the longest time, didn't cover it. And the reason why for all of them, and the biggest fight was was Medicare, was they only cover a primary device. And since the pump, since the CGM was dependent on finger sticks to calibrate, oh. it's a secondary device. Yeah, wow. Why is it today you don't need to calibrate? Has nothing to do with accuracy, has to do with the fact that it wouldn't be insured otherwise. Wow. Which is why I insist on calibration, but you didn't hear me say that. Wow. Okay. Because it ain't. It's listen, you're you're making a reading based on an quote unquote average person. Yeah. How many average people do you know? All my all the people I know are spectacular and unicorns. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I have never met an average person because I don't know how you could be 5.7652 inches tall and exact middle weight and the exact middle diet and the exact middle everything. It doesn't exist. Right, right. Right. right? Everybody is somehow different from everybody else. Like, come on, let's, let's be realistic. 100%, but there also has to be some baseline, right? Like, but there's there a baseline. Okay. Some baseline or else, or else it's going to be 
okay, so everybody's different. So how are we going to figure this out? Right? No, no, no. So we work with the baseline, but because yep. of that, you got to check the thing. Just make sure for you it's working. Yes, one hundred percent. You know, that's all I'm saying is yeah. I understand why they had to do what they did. I don't yeah. disagree with what they did. Yeah. But under the table, we got to know, calibrate, because you want to make sure it's working for you. Because I know people it doesn't work for. Yeah. There are certain people that for whatever crazy reason, they just don't work with the CGM. Or they may work with CGM A and not CGM B. I wonder if, if that has to go with their diet you know i bet you it's partially diet Mm -hmm. it's partially how much water they're drinking Mm -hmm. or how fat they are or whatever you want to you ever call dexcom with an issue with the cgm what's the first question they ask you how much do you weigh Oh, no, no. They always ask me what I've gotten is they always ask me um, if I had to seek medical attention. Oh, yeah. You know the reason for that? Magic question. I know this is slightly off topic, but it's really not. Why do they ask you that question? I don't know. (laughs) We should turn the lights off for this one. The reason they ask you that question is because if you're hospitalized or, or the emergency has to come, it gets reported to FDA. And they don't want anything reported to FDA. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. If you look in the FDA, like, trouble reports, they don't report people who come in with trouble. So I recommend anybody who had a real failure due to, you know, the the sensor not reading right to report it to the FDA themselves. And it's really, really easy to do. And remind me afterwards, send me an email. I'll send you the link. It's cake to do it. Okay. But it is okay. super important to do it. Yeah. So the records are, are proper. So the records are real because yeah. they have like zero records of problems and there's tons of them. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and it helps tie up what's causing the problem as well, which is important. Yeah. One of the things I've always wanted to do and I'm working to figure out how to get it approved is do, you know, the study where you go to the doctor and they take your blood, where they do your blood work, they write down. I've always wanted to put two sensors on a person. Oh, wow. Oh, that would be great. And then watch the difference between them. That would be great. And if it's more than X percent different, let's say more than 10% different, take a finger stick. Yeah, that would be great. And then go for blood work. Have you done that before? I've done it personally. Okay. And where you put that sensor definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Where's the, what, what's your suggestion on the best uh, location? Self, self-determination. Okay. But interestingly, remember Dexcom never said use the arm? Yeah. Their own internal studies show that the arm is better. Oh, really? I always put it right <laughs> here, like on my belly. Right. I always started there. That's where I started. Yeah. And I was frightened to move it anywhere else. You know, you're a kid, right? I was even older. It was, it was about 10 years ago. And my endo said, you've got to move where you're putting it because, you, you know, you've got so much garbage from all the years of CGM and pump, you can't use those sites anymore. Mm-hmm. And so he said, put it in the arm. And um, I did it. It's actually in the arm now. Yeah. But it took me a while before I was comfortable doing it. And if you remember the Dex 5... Imagine putting that in your arm. I don't. That took a lot of work. 
Because you're one-handed. Don't forget you're one-handed when you're putting it up here. Oh, yeah. And I, I actually, I admit this. I watched a video of a, di- of a, of a nurse who has type 1 mm-hmm. who demonstrated online how to do it. And that's how I figured out how to do it. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, no, I recommended that for any questions people have, there is somebody out there who's figured out how to do it. Oh, everything is figure outable. Right. Everything is figure outable. And I'm guarantee you're definitely not the only one that is trying to figure that out. There's right. No, everybody's looking for the same solution. So if somebody's already solved it, utilize what they've taught and just do me and everyone else a favor. Thank them. Yep. Put a comment in wherever it is you saw it and thank them for doing the work and putting it out there. 100%. 100%. And then also if there's something that you can add to it, if there's something that right. is working it. really well for you, add it because that can, I mean, I'm a huge fan of like more than enough to go around. Like if there's something right. good, let's share it <clears throat> so it can be available for everybody who wants to, wants to use it for sure. Yeah. Um, so I am going to ask you like just a couple more, like maybe like one more question. What are you excited for with um, CGM technology and what would you like to see moving forward? I I would like to see more accuracy. I I don't really like the technology, to be honest. It, it's, I don't want to go into how it works, but there are issues with the technology itself. That's not the fault of the designers. It's we know the, the the technology, we know the science. But if you notice, the the Dexcom used to have an issue with Tylenol. The Libra just come out with an issue with vitamin C. I mean, every one of them has an issue with one or more medications or one or more supplements or one or more somethings because of the way the technology works. And I I can't really go into detail, but there's a chemical reason why they can get caked up by certain chemicals. Okay. Okay. The point is the ever since while it's really a first and a half generation is much better because it's internal. The problem is being that it's internal, you have to put it in and take it out. So I, I'd like to see something that I don't have to cut or whatever it is they do to get it inside, but that has that level of, you know, it's using a different technology. That has that level of accuracy. That has a, a greater level of accuracy for everybody. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it definitely technology exists. There are people looking at it. It's, it's on the way. Yeah. There are also, from what I remember, three or four new pumps on the way. There's some exciting new pumps coming out in Europe or already out in Europe there, you know, but the, the question here is FDA is crazy. And, and, you know, the pump market is X big. And does it really make sense to bring a new pump online? Because here's your problem. The insurance companies, who's paying for it? Yeah. And the insurance companies don't want to deal with more than a handful. They're already dealing with three three pumps. Yeah, three pumps. And and at least two versions of those three pumps. Right. Right. And every time there's a new version, why are they coming out with these updatable pumps? Because that way they don't have to go through FDA. I mean, they theoretically should be going through FDA, but a lot of times it's much easier 
Because oh, it's just a dumb software upgrade. It's nothing major. Right, but <laughs> right? it changes. It changes. It changes the bones of it. Make right, changes the functionality, better. changes yeah. the bones, but they get away with it because FDA doesn't know that much about software. Yeah, horrible. So many podcast episodes in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so catch, I, me, catch me in about two years. I know. I probably will. So actually, I, I, wait, I'll tell you when to catch me. Okay. I'm at sixty-one. <laughs> and, and just tell you, tell me when. <laughs> I'm at sixty-one and a half now. Mm-hmm. Catch me in three and a half years when I hit sixty-five years of type one. Okay, perfect. That'll be an amazing episode. <laughs> so I want to tell you, Yurachmiel, thank you for taking the time again to speak with me. I really enjoy have, meeting you online and um, just your journey. It's really, really cool to have, like, to be able to relate to you and get all of these really amazing things. And I know that we were speaking on the phone. And I suggested a book to you, right? And although you're like a genius in your own regard, I think it's so important if something is good that has worked really well that we share with each other so we yep. can all just do our best to, to grow. Alcohol. And- Don't forget the alcohol. Oh, alcohol. <laughs> tell me. You guys, pay it. so tell yeah. me about alcohol. This is uh, alcohol uh, swabs. Yeah. If you, if you want to know something not to do the day you get wedded, the day you get married, this is a warning to all the people going out about to get married. So we're literally in the middle of the marriage ceremony. You know, you've got all the officials and all the friends and all the everybody. And in the middle of it, I hear the pump going off. I'm like, no, this isn't fair. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> like, go for a walk, go away, you know. And I grab a look at it, and I can't for the life of me remember how in the world I looked at it safely, but I saw it was an occlusion alarm. And you're you're like supposed to be concentrating on what's going on. And so in between blessings, I'm doing the calculation of if it just went off, it was already occluded for at least 15 minutes. And how much longer do I have till the ceremony's over? And made it the marriage was actually in, I was renting an apartment from an extraordinarily great couple. And so the marriage was in their house because it was small. It was a second marriage for both of us. And so afterwards, we went upstairs to my apartment, you know, for the first time we were allowed to be alone together, religious world. Until you're married, you can't be alone with a person of the opposite gender because something, you know, it's not proper. So this is the first time we're alone. And I said, listen, really bad news. I got an occlusion alarm. I have to change the infusion set. And my wife is a nurse, longtime nurse. She had no issue with it. She was glad I was able to take care of it. And she's watching me do it. Now, she's never seen me do any of this stuff before because you couldn't, you know, being we weren't married yet. And she's watching really carefully, you know, being familiar with all this stuff, but never having hit hands on. And fill the syringe, get ready, get the infusion set, you know, do the do the pre-fill. About to put it in, take the alcohol swab, zap, zap, zap. I don't know if you could see. I'll go back, right? Typical alcohol swab, zap, 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 right? Just straight yeah. down. And she says, you're not following protocol. And I'm thinking to myself, I designed the Teflon infusion set. What do you mean I'm not following protocol? It's my baby. And I said to myself, you just got married. You're not even married 10 minutes, literally. 
Don't mess it up. <laughs> Step on your foot, bite your tongue, put your thumb in your mouth. I don't care what you have to do. Do not react negatively. I said, okay, what am I doing wrong? She said, think about it. You're taking the dirt and putting it back where it came from. She said, you should start in the center where you're going to inject and go out in a spiral. I said, I said, hold on a second. Repeat that again. <laughs> and she showed, she actually showed me on herself, you know, the spiral. And she said, think about what you're doing. You're carrying the dirt away from where you're going to inject and away Makes from the entire area. Sense. Makes perfect sense. I said, yeah. that's brilliant. I said, at that point, I was already diabetic, 51 years. Yep. I said, in 51 years, and, and by the way, that's a notice to any diabetic that they tell can't get married. I was in my 51st year of type 1, and I got married to a nurse. Who I didn't marry because she was a nurse. I, I married because we had similar outlooks and things. I didn't even realize. I wasn't even told she was a nurse except as a secondary. But that's a different discussion. Right. Anyway, so I said, wow, that's really brilliant. How come nobody told me that? She said, I have no idea. That's how they taught us in nursing school. So after the week you know, of celebration was over, we go and I reached out to everyone I knew. And I know zillions of people from the work I do and people I've met and whatever. And one woman who herself is a nurse who runs a company to do testing of equipment, medical equipment, not only diabetes equipment, all kinds of medical equipment, wrote back to me and she said, yeah, that's the way they used to teach it in nursing school when I went and your wife went. Because they kind of know each other. And I said, okay, Liz, what, what's the deal? She says, nobody listens. That's why they stopped teaching it. The nurses don't listen. The patients don't listen. So they don't teach it anymore. I said, why don't they teach it to me? If I don't want to do it, it's my choice. At least yeah. let me know. At least give us the proper way to do it. And then, right. then we can make our choice from there. So yeah, and I so get that. I have told tons of people, but I was told don't post it anywhere. <laughs> Don't make a podcast about it. Just tell people privately. So here I'm breaking the rules, but I'm telling people this is really the way to do it. Forget about whatever you've done for the last two, five, 10 or 200 years. 1,000. Think about it. Yeah. Just yeah. think about it. You're yeah. carrying the dirt from the spot. Yep. And think about, I could tell you this. I'll give you one piece of very interesting information. Since I started doing that, the amount of sight issues I've had have fallen over 90%. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I can't say it's technology because it happened immediately. Yeah, that's amazing. So and I'm, I'm not filthy. I mean, it's not like I, I had like really horrible looking skin or anything. No, no I was no. always careful. No. It's just you're not doing the job. So what do you expect is going to happen? If there's a better way to do it, let's do our best right, to do let's that. Do our now best. you're giving some of the information and pe now it's up to people if they want to do it that right. way, you know, it's available for them. So thank you for all of that. Thank you for all that information. And I also wanted to tell everyone who's li listening, um, who's listening or watching, um, I'd like to have a truly audience engaged podcast. Um, so please email your questions and episode suggestions to me at diabeticloving at gmail.com. 
Thank you for watching or listening. I look forward to seeing you all again soon. So thank you, Yurakmiel, and thank you, everyone, um, for tuning in. So until next time. Thank you.